you guys know that you know I, I make podcasts out of my message. And some days I'll I'll do the podcast and it's like twenty minutes and I was like, wow, God, this message was going to be bigger and bolder. And I really was hoping he would show up. And so then on Sundays it goes forty five minutes to an hour, and so then I have to redo it and and re-record it and 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 take it off of Facebook. But um, man, when I did this week for the podcast, it was. <laughs> God hit me hard, so. All I can tell you, stand by for heavy rolls. My Navy friends, you know what that means. Stand by for heavy rolls. Because you know what? God's moving. God's moving. God is doing big things. I mean, I don't watch TV anymore because I'm just not mature enough to watch the news. (laughs) But um, I hear he's doing big things. I hear that uh, the craziness in our world does not slow down at all. But I also know from my experience at at the Lighthouse and and people I speak to and people that I have online relationships with, God's moving. God's doing big things. We're seeing all kinds of movement all across our country with churches and with the Holy Spirit and with just people laying down their lives for what they believe. And so I keep hearing from God. I keep hearing God say, Jay, what time is it? What time is it? And I'm like, well, God, it's probably about, I don't know, 10, 15. Close to that right now, right? I don't know exactly, 10, 18? I see it in my eye Justin now. So you know what? He laughs and he says, no, that's not what I'm asking you. I know what time it is. I'm God. But what time is it? What season are we in? I'm excited about that. I hope and pray that all of you are well. I hope and pray that that you're feeling worthy of the call of Jesus. Or that you feel worthy of what God's doing in our lives. That God's calling us to do these things that, I don't know, I'm seeing people do things, I'm seeing people move that I never thought I would see that person in particular or those people in particular just get up and say, yeah, I'm in. I'm all in. What do you need? What do you need? I mean, it seems like every week we are faced with some new crisis, some new government shutdown, some new political horror that's going on in the world. And yet, I keep seeing God move. I keep seeing God work in the hearts of men. I see children and women and and everyone going forth and doing incredible things. I see God working. He is able to keep us filled with hope and give us peace that we are so desperately in need of right now. We all need peace. And I know it's overwhelming, but I want you to remember that you are loved. Amen? You are loved. You're precious in his sight. He adores you and he is for you. But if you're like me right now, I've realized that I'm kind of running out of time. <laughs> I I keep having my life um, get filled more and more. 
every little nick and cranny that I was saving away for my personal time. Um, God keeps going, okay, right now, you don't have any personal time. Right now, it's my time. You know what? I'm not challenging you guys to get to that point yet. I don't know if it's healthy. <laughs> but God is speaking to me. And he's telling me that, that all these things that you're doing, they're going to come due. All this time, all this time, all this energy you're putting forth into my kingdom, I'm paying attention. I see that. And God's been answering prayers. God's been moving in people's lives that I've been praying for for years. And I'm seeing the kingdom move in ways that gets me excited. You know, you would think that because of this COVID, we would all have more time. I mean, many of us are still working from home. Many of us are, are still not able to go to our full-time jobs and do what we normally do. I'm still not working my normal 12-hour days. I'm only working nine or 10-hour days right now. So, um, you know, that's two hours more a day. It's a lot. It's a lot of time. But I see the church, you know, the ecclesia, God's people, actually having more and more things to do every day. I see us coming together and, and really working to make a change and using this time to his purpose, using this time to his glory. And it's exciting to me. I mean, we're feeding more people. Jeannie and I are doing more counseling. Uh, as soon as I get home, my phone starts ringing. But you know what? It's good because people want a touch of Jesus. People want a touch of the Holy Spirit. They want to know that he's real. That he's there. That he absolutely loves us and adores us. I mean, our world is different now. We have a new normal. And honestly, I, I don't know if we'll ever go back. I don't know if, if what we had as normal a year ago is ever going to come back. I don't know if if this COVID and this political unrest and all these things that we're struggling with every day, and not just in America, but in the world, I don't know if we're ever gonna go back to where we were. And for a moment, I was kind of sad about that. I was, I was like, but God, I wanna go back. I wanna go back. And then this morning, God reminded me you want to go back to Egypt? Do you want to go back to Egypt, Jay? And I was like, no, God, that's not what I'm asking. He said, then don't go back. It's time for us to move forward. We need to walk in this season that we're in. We need to find ways to be prosperous in this season. Not only financially, but spiritually, physically. We need to be prosperous in this season, and we need to use this season that God's given us to the very best ability that we can. God knows. He knows that everything has a season. He says in Ecclesiastes 3, this is 1 through 8 in Ecclesiastes, it says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born a time to die, 
A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and, and a time to gather them together. A time to embrace and, and maybe right now it's a time to refrain from embracing. Amen. Um, a time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and also a time for peace. And I was reading that this week and you know, every single one of those verses spoke to me. Spoke to something that's going on in my life and going on in the world and, and it was so cool. I heard this amazing story this week and I don't know where I heard it. I don't know if I heard it on you know, Air One or Caleb or whether I read it in school, if it was in one of our books, but it was a story about this Russian church and, and um, as, as these people in Russia, they, they actually, an old Russian prison had been torn down. And so these people were actually taking these stones from this Russian prison and they were turning them into their church. Yeah. And as they were moving these stones, they found out a hollowed stone. It was a hollowed stone. Yeah. And inside of it, there was a little time capsule, a little note, no and it said, these stones were our church. And when the communists came, they killed us, they killed our families, they killed our village, and those of us that were left, they made us tear down our church brick by brick, stone by stone, and build a prison that we would all live in the rest of our lives. Our prayer is that one day, one day these stones will become a church again. And I read that and I was like, God, that is so amazing. So amazing that God right now is answering those prayers of our fathers and our fathers' fathers and, and the saints that have been praying for us and cheering us on for years. Getting us ready for a time such as this. I read this and I just think, we are living in this time. We're living in this time where we could take stones that were prisons and turn them into churches. And I was like, God, I'm so excited that we're living in this time. <laughs> he laughs as he always does at me when I'm not smart. He says, Jay, I'm always in this time. You're the one that goes out of time. I always move. My time is always to move. There's nothing new under the sun. And God is not shocked by any of this. He's not shocked by COVID. He's not shocked by political unrest. He's not shocked by racial tensions. He's not shocked by any of this. He knows. He knows what tomorrow brings. We're the ones. We're the ones that literally have, we, we think we have answers. But I promise you, God is the answer. 
the answer for COVID, the answer for all this drama we're going through is Jesus. That's the time we're in. That's the experience and the emotions and all the things that we're struggling with right now. That is the remedy. That is the medicine. You know, <laughs> we are all so accelerated spiritually right now. Everyone that I know that walks with Jesus, God is speaking to them in new ways. God is doing things in their lives. God is absolutely making them go, okay, God, I'm paying attention. I hear. I see. And you know, it's funny. It's, it's like faith has, has taken on a new meaning for a lot of us. But my friend Steve, he cracked me up at Bible study Wednesday. He goes, you know, I think, uh, I think a lot of people have more faith in dominoes right now than they do in God, that they're going to get their pizza there on time. Yeah. You know, and I, I died. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I could barely hold it in. It was just funny because there it is. We have this whole generation that have more faith in Domino's Pizza to be on time. They have more faith that somebody's going to drop off food at their door than that God's going to provide. I mean, in the last few months, we have seen radical faith in our community. And I think that's what God's trying to bring to us. This is a time for us to have radical faith. Matthew 17 uh, this is, I'm going to read verses 14 through 20. And if you don't have your Bibles with you, that's okay. I, I always have mine on my phone. I know my brother Justin always has one. I knew, I, I, I put in my message today, so I knew he would have his Bible. I <laughs> see, he's got his Bible right there. Dude, I saw it on the shelf. I was like, should I bring it? Yeah. That's right. Because that's who he is. Never go into a battle unarmed, right? That's right. Amen. Amen. Okay, this is 14 through 20. It says, When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus, and he knelt before him. He said, Lord, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into fire or, or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So Jesus rebuked the demon, and the demon came out of the boy. And he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, Because you have little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And I love that. Mustard seed faith. What a concept, right? I mean, you guys ever seen a mustard seed? It is tiny. It's tiny. And that's, Jesus is telling us, if you just had that simple little bit of true faith in me, to live in such a way that, that we believe that God is still healing. That God can drive out a demon. That, that we have enough faith to be able to go forth boldly. And to do what the Bible says. What Jesus said what we would do. I mean, Jesus said, 
you will go and do greater things than I did. The disciples went forth and did greater things. The apostles went forth and continued healing and continued driving out demons and continued doing things even after Jesus had died. Still moving today. And it's time that we look at the, at the disciples' lives and that we personally start having a radical faith. That we start living for Jesus and start believing that he has the ability to change lives. That we as Christians have the ability to do what Jesus said we can do. 1 Peter 3, 13 through 17. It says, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for your hope, to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and with respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you and your good behavior in Christ that they may be ashamed of their slander. For it's better, if it's God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Yes. That's gotta be our strength. That's gotta be our strength, because as churches all across America, many are shutting down, many, many are, are listening to the government and saying, well, we have to close our doors. No, we have to be responsible. We have to be as a tribe of believers. If, if we're sick, if we got a cold or we got the flu or we got a sniffle, we don't go to church. We, we don't hang out. We make sure that we protect the tribe. If we are sick, wear a mask. We absolutely can do this. We absolutely can go forth victoriously in this age. Amen. We need to be responsible for each other because honestly, we have to be reminded that the church is essential. Amen. The moment that we start saying, oh, the church isn't essential, now we agree with that, oh, they're not doing that much. Let me tell you, I've done more in the last six months for, for non-Christians and for the unchurched and for my community than I've ever done in my life. So for people to say that, that that church is unessential, that it's not a major part of our communities, of our culture, I'm sorry, then you don't really know what a church is. You have no idea. Quit watching TV and actually go to one. Yeah. Because a church is where people who love each other take care of each other. Right. And they take care of their community. Mm -hmm. They do more for their community than, than any welfare program. So I challenge people. You want to know what time it is? It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to take back that essential being that we are supposed to be. What is God saying to us? What is God speaking to us? I mean, is God speaking to you personal? 
or someone spoken a word over you, or if you read something in the Bible and you go, oh man, that sparked my soul. That, that word got me so excited. God is trying to talk to us. And he's trying to get control of our lives so that, so that we're acting on these things. Are you actively involved with the church, with the Bible study, with, with somewhere where you have fellowship? I mean, I'm glad you guys are online, and I appreciate that, but I encourage you guys to find a tribe, find a group of believers where you can do a small group with. If you live in Ridgecrest, come. We do it Wednesday night at my house. We socially distance if we're sick. But honestly, guys, find a place. I know Justin is starting a new men's group this week. Is it tonight or next? It starts August next Sunday. 2nd. Yeah. yeah, August 2nd, down at the Lighthouse at 4 p.m. Going to be doing a new men's group. And I challenge any men that just need maybe a touch, maybe are struggling with, with anything. And I mean struggling. Um, it's going to be a group where, where men can be honest and they can have integrity. At the same time, I know our friend Rebecca is doing a woman's group upstairs. So, um, you know, there's there's places in Ridgecrest where people are still coming together. We're being responsible, but we're being the church. We're doing what we need to do to go forth in Jesus' name. Because I can tell you what I keep hearing over and over from God. And what I read and what I do, the people I speak to, the pastors I respect, the, the prophets that I, I watch and listen to, constantly God is saying to us all, stop waiting. Stop waiting to get involved. Stop waiting for a better time to, to start your ministry. When's a better time when we're in a pandemic than to start a ministry? When's a better time than right now to get engaged into the kingdom of God? 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. And if you know Team Drew, this is us. I mean, the very first scripture that I ever read in front of a bunch of racers was right here. And it says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run? But only one gets the prize. Amen? Amen. Only one gets the prize. Therefore, run in such a way as to win. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I'm going to tell you this morning, I, 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 in, in my prayer time this morning, God was like, hey, quit shadow boxing. It's time for you to get, you know, and, and I'm in the game, but I, I've kind of let my, my body slip. I've kind of slipped in my physical part of my life lately. And you know what? We as Christians, we have to be well-rounded. This is a time for everything to come in. Everything. This is a great time for all of us to to find time for taking care of our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our community, our culture. It's a good time. 
Don't get overwhelmed. Don't get overwhelmed when you have all this stuff coming at you. We have to learn to, to keep going, to keep finding a way to, to be proactive, to be active in whatever groups we're involved with. Don't let the enemy steal our joy. Pastors all of America and abroad, they, they speak about our task to be bold, to spread the gospel in every aspect of our lives. And I know for a lot of us that shuts us down because we think, oh, I'm not worthy. I don't know enough to share Jesus. I don't know enough to, to start a ministry or be involved in a ministry. You have a Bible. You know, I can tell you, when, when I'm asked hard questions, I'm getting better at saying, you know what, I don't know that answer. But let me get back to you. Or, Let's pray about it. Let's pray and see what God is saying to us. Because I can promise you, God is trying to get us involved. He wants us to use this time to, to quit being bench warmers. He wants us to be starters. God wants us to get in the game. Put me in, coach. I want to make the play. I want to score a touchdown. I want to win a race. And, and those of you that are racers, you know how much we like to win. It's no different in your, in your walk with God. We want to win. We want to be successful. And I'm not about to let the enemy steal that joy from me. The Apostle Paul, he said that he did all for the sake of the gospel. He didn't even want to be paid for speaking because he wanted to be able to boast. I love that. He was proud of himself. Everywhere he went, every town he spoke at, he made tents. He went out and worked before he spoke at the, at the synagogues or at the churches or wherever. He went out and worked. And, and don't hear me saying, well, pastors should be having a second job. I'm, voca I'm bivocational. I work full-time for Jesus, and I work full-time for a paying job. But the Bible also says not to muzzle the ox. There's way more scriptures that talk about taking care of pastors and, and making sure they can serve. So I'm not saying here that we shouldn't be paying our tithes. I'm not saying here that we shouldn't take care of pastors. So if anyone heard that in their mind, that wasn't the message of God. That was the other guy. Kick it out. That's not what I was talking about. But see, God has given us this great gift. And Paul knew that. The apostle Paul knew that, that God had given him this great gift. And he was so excited about it. He couldn't wait to share it with other people. He felt that the gospel was a privilege, not a burden. He wasn't burdened to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. He woke up every morning and he was excited. And he felt privileged that he could share the good news. This is 1 Corinthians 9. Now I'm going to read 12 and then 18. It says, If others have the right to expect this from you, don't we deserve even more? But we haven't used our rights. Instead, we would put up with anything in order to not hinder the good news of Christ in any way. 
In 18, he goes on to say, so what is my reward? It is to spread the good news free of charge. In that way, I won't use the rights that belong to those who also spread the good news. We have to remember that we are essential. We have to remember as a church that we have a privilege to serve. This time we're in right now, it is our time to serve. It is our privilege to serve. Are we serving God? Are we serving the church? Are we serving ministries? Are we seeing them as the gift that they really are? Because any man that stands up and works for the kingdom, we need to see that as a gift. Any woman that has, that has taken her time away and serving the gospel, we need to see that as a gift. And we need, to, we need to appreciate that time and we need to get excited about it. We need to join them. I mean, do you guys get excited when you get to pray over someone? I mean, what a blessing when we get to pray over someone. Every time I anoint someone, every time I pray over them, I'm expecting a miracle. Every time that I pray for healing, every time I pray for demonic removal, I expect God to do it. And I get so excited. I can't wait. Because I want to see God move. Yeah. I want to see God move because I believe that's what's killing our churches. As we've gotten in this habit of not seeing God move, we've gotten the habit of saying, well, the Bible's complete now, so we don't need miracles to spread the gospel. We have the gospel on paper. No, my friends. We need miracles. We need signs. We need wonders. We need to understand the time that we are in. And people ask me, well, how come God doesn't heal every time? I don't know. I can honestly tell you, I don't know why God doesn't heal every time. But I know this, that when he does, he does it for his glory. And who he heals he heals because it brings him glory. Who he restores, he does because it makes sense for the kingdom. We can't always understand why God does what he does. But we can understand this. We need to expect that every time he's going to. We need to expect those times in our life when we pray over someone, we need to be excited. We need to see I mean, it's almost like going to Disneyland, right? I mean, we get to have these moments in our life when we get to pray over people. We get to share the gospel. And we need to be just as, <clears throat> just as excited if we're going on an e-ticket ride. Oh, some of you don't know what an e-ticket ride is. How sad. I don't. So in Disneyland, when they first opened, you had to have tickets. They gave you a ticket book. You got like three e-ticket rides, and you got a bunch of Ds, and, you know, some Cs, and... An e-ticket ride was like, um, you know, the Matterhorn was an e-ticket ride back then. And uh, maybe uh, A Small World, I think, was an e-ticket ride. Um, now you just get to go on all of them. But that's why there wasn't as much lines back then, because you had to spend more money to get on the e-ticket rides. But anyway, I digress. We 
be remembered that no man, no man heals. God heals. No man picks out demons. No man does anything. No man has power. All of our power comes from the Holy Spirit. All of our power comes from God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Paul, he gets so excited. I love Paul. We're doing Romans in our Bible study right now, so I love Romans. It's my favorite. But he's so excited because he's expecting miracles when he goes to Rome. He's expecting big things to happen. And he says here in Romans 1, this is 11 through 12, he says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. You see, we as believers, we're not optimists. We're not pessimists. We just are believers in Jesus Christ. We're just believers. We accept that Jesus is the strength. That when we accept Jesus as our, as our Savior, as, as our friend, the craziest thing happens in our life. We receive the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's amazing. I mean, that some people think that the miracles of the Bible would never cease. It's like winning the Mega Millions, right? Could you imagine if, if, if you won the Mega Millions lottery? You won $800 million. And then you just put it in the bank. You didn't use any of it. You didn't do anything with that money. You just put it in the bank. That's what it's like when, when we see with the disciples and the apostles what they did in the early church. And now we're just like, oh, I'm just going to keep that in the bank. I'm just going to keep that in the bank until, until Jesus returns. When Jesus returns, we ain't going to need none of that. We need it now. Could you imagine what $800 million would do for our community? Could you imagine what a faithful man, a faithful family would do in Ridgecrest with $800 million? There would be no poverty here. Because he would give that money to the church. He would give that money to, to change our culture. And that's what God's trying to let us do with the Holy Spirit. Quit letting him be in the bank. Let the Holy Spirit move in your life. Do not be afraid of what the Holy Spirit can do. Do not be afraid about the power that God has in our lives. Embrace it. Long for it. Seek it. Say, God, give me the gifts I have. Give me the gifts you want me to have to, to mend and heal and restore your kingdom. Use me right now, Father God, to do amazing things. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what the church in America would look like if all of us started believing in miracles. If all of us started believing that, that God wanted us to move. What's it going to take before we are desperate enough to call on Jesus to save? What season are we in right now? It seems like it's a pretty good time. It seems like right now is a pretty good time 
for us to ask Jesus to move. That we ask for, for spiritual gifts to, to heal our nation. Chris Ballatin said in his book, Destined to Win, it's, I'm at school right now. This is the book that I'm reading for this class. And it says, look for Jesus in the midst of your troubles. He tends to hang out in hard places. When we think about Jesus' life, and even though the Bible only really talks about the last few years of his life, he was God, and yet he was man. He was here on earth, and he could have done anything he wanted to for himself. But he did not. He chose to live a humble life. He chose to hang out with, with tax collectors and thieves and, and harlots and whoever needed love. Because that's truly what Jesus is about, is love. We are not alone. You are not by yourself in any of this. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, he's with you. He's for you. The Holy Spirit is living alongside you. He is living in you. Any trouble that comes your way, you have a counselor and a comforter inside of you that you can instantly say, God, what is, what is your path? Instantly. We, as his disciples, have to start walking in that. We have to remember that God literally is with us and for us all the time. I want you to remember that shame and fear are never part of God's plan. Shame and fear are never anything that God uses in his economy. If you're struggling with shame or fear in your lives, I promise you that is not from God. That is from the enemy. If either one of those things are creeping up in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, you got to know that's not from Jesus. And you need to say, I take that thought captive. Take all that thoughts captive to Christ. I, I say that all the time. Take all thoughts captive. Take all thoughts captive. <laughs> when I start struggling, I just start saying that over and over until those thoughts are gone. I don't want those thoughts in my head. I don't want thoughts in my head that lead me to sin. Christ is for us. Amen? Amen. So let's start wrapping this up. What season are we in? What time are we in right now? Are we in end times? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Does it change anything that we, the church, should be doing? No. Should we do things differently because we think it's going to end soon? I hope not. If you're sitting at home and you're hoarding stuff because you want to wait for that moment, stop it. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. God does. So I'm going to keep doing what God tells me to do. I'm going to keep loving. I'm going to keep sharing. I'm going to keep helping the poor. I'm going to do whatever God calls me to do. And I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. Because the Bible says today has enough worries of its own. Is it a time to plant? 
or is there a time to uproot? Is it a time to tear down or, or maybe it's a time to build? <clears throat> is it a time for us to weep? I don't know, I'm kind of looking forward to laughing. Is it time for us to keep? As my daughters would say, Dad, stop hoarding, throw it away. <laughs> is it a time to throw it away? Is it a time to gather or scatter stones? Is it a time for peace or a time for war? There's time for all these things. Right now as a church, as believers, we have to choose where we are going to place our energy. What we're going to do with our time, because time is not infinite. We humans, we only have a certain amount of time. God's the only one that can change physics, amen? amen. And I don't want to waste one more minute. I don't want to waste one more time being strapped down to my house, being strapped down and being afraid to go anywhere or do anything because I have to flatten the curve. No, I'm going to be responsible, but I'm going to find ways to serve. I'm going to find ways to, to help my community. I'm going to find ways to do things that bring God glory. Because honestly, the only reason I'm here is to do that. Amen. The only purpose for this life is to bring God glory. God gave us this time to recharge, to, to stroke the fire and stoke the fire of salvation for others and go make disciples of all people. Romans 8, 31, 39. This would be my last verse that I read. It says, what then? What shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Hmm. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life. He is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or COVID, or pandemic. For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, Neither, neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen we are more than conquerors in Jesus isn't it time that we start living like that is it a time that we start living like we believed we are more than conquerors? That we believe that we can do all things 
Fill him with strength and strength. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray right now for all of my friends, all of my family, everyone listening here, everyone listening online, Lord God, that we take stock of who we are. That we are reminded of the call that you gave us the moment that we accepted to Christ. That we are reminded, Father God, that we are more than conquerors. That we have nothing to fear because we know Jesus. Father God, I pray right now for that power, that strength, that knowledge that comes from, from accepting him as your Savior. I pray that that runs through the veins of every single person listening right now. And Father, for any friends that are listening that, that don't know your Son, Father God, tug on their hearts today. Draw them into fellowship. Draw them into a relationship with Jesus. And Father God, if there's anything that I can do personally for them, let them feel free to call. Let people feel free, Father God, to contact us here at Team True or, or any church and just say, hey, I want to know about Jesus. Father God, we pray for the miracle, the miracle that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ to be real in our hearts and our minds. And we thank you, Father God, for that promise. We give you all the glory, all the honor, Amen. and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. What do you think? One song? That's good for one more? Okay. You know, someday I'm going to have a band up here and I'm just going to preach. And then they can just start going. Some of them are here right now. Amen. Amen. Amen.
every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Lord, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. God, we ask you to break chains in our country. Father God, break chains of bondage, to drugs, to alcohol, to lies, Father God. People are believing lies that have nothing to do with you. Break those chains, Father God. Break those chains. We praise you, Father, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, my friends and family that are here with us today. God is good, and he loves you, and he wants you to live in this time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. God bless you. <clears throat>